previously on No Man's Land. In 85, there were a bunch of kids called themselves the Flopheads. One of the kids got three of them to come with him down to the Route 1 bridge. He uh, killed two of them and himself, stabbing them with uh, glass and pieces of metal, I think it was. He'd written all this strange graffiti all over. And uh, that was almost as, as chilling as you know, the, the blood on the scene. Dave was the only person who was there that lived. I don't know how he got away or if he got away or what, what happened. I, I don't know. Dave lives in California now. You know, I never could get, like, what happened really or what he experienced. He, for me, he didn't talk about it. Something happened. Something changed and they say it was because of an incident with the Ouija board. I don't think at that point it was a gag anymore. I think there was something really strange going on. Is that the book that you had out in No Man's Land? Yeah. Can you show us the pages that were you were writing on there? Yeah. We can't tell if it means anything or not, but it, it's just the same. Don't say it. Don't even try and pronounce that, man. No, I didn't. No, I've made, I've made, I, I've told all Look, the Look, you got, you know what? I wonder if you guys really even know what you're doing. Live from Highland Park High School in Highland Park, New Jersey, this is No Man's Land, an original podcast from WVHP Media. Episode three, Dave Rock. Hi, I'm Will Schwartz. And I'm Mark Ramreka. And you are listening to No Man's Land, an in-depth investigation into a mysterious section of woods in central New Jersey of the same name. If you haven't yet listened to episodes one and two of this podcast, then we highly recommend you go back and listen to those first before you listen to this one, or else it might not make sense. If you have listened to episode two, then you know that we've been investigating the horrific killings that took place in Edison, New Jersey under the Route 1 Bridge back in 1985. The three teenage victims of this terrible tragedy came from a group of punk rock kids who called themselves the Flopheads. According to the former Flopheads that we interviewed, what happened under the Route 1 bridge was a direct result of a strange experience they had with the Ouija board one night in no man's land. However, there's only one Flophead who can tell us what really happened under the bridge, because he was there. And his name is Dave Rock. Dave Rock was, um... He'd be mad at me for saying this, <laughs> but at the time he was like a skinny little guy, <laughs> you know. Um, he was the kid in class who wouldn't stop tapping his foot. He was always drumming, tapping, drumming and tapping, and getting in trouble and being thrown out of class for not stopping. Honestly, um, yeah, first boy I ever kissed. He had braces, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and such a troublemaker. Dave Rock. Real name. That was the thing that, that always uh, impressed me about Dave Roth, is that he had the, the perfect stage name. Dave's my good, good friend, like close friend, and he was involved in it. You know, and I don't really know the story ever, like what happened with Dave and them. We haven't really stayed in touch at all. I, th- I think he's in Los Angeles. I think that's that's the last I heard. That's all I know. I haven't seen him since the whole, you know, Leo 
acting. I think he works on horror films. I think that's his thing. Go figure. We're joined again by local filmmaker and Highland Park alumni John Hume, who actually went to high school with Dave Rock and the rest of the Flopheads. My memory of Dave Rock in high school was, of all the Flopheads, he had the longest, floppiest hair. And he, you know, he would wear a hat, I don't know, a fedora or something, and then pull the fedora off and it would all come flopping out, pouring out of there. They were always sitting in there smoking, wearing like torn jeans with, with uh, safety pins on them and, and Chuck Taylors with all kinds of stuff written on them. I was able to track him down out to California via a horror movie that he made called Scarred. Um, it was a low-budget horror movie uh, about a girl who gets her face cut off and uh, hunts people in the woods trying, looking for a face to replace the one she lost as a child. Born a monster. The victim of an unspeakable crime. She will become a hunter. It's just a made-up story, right? Now. You ready? A legend will come alive. She's coming! I think it's going to be a crappy C-level horror movie, and it actually has some really disturbing, effective scares in it, um, which was really impressive when I watched it. And it was through that movie that I was able to track, track him down uh, to where he works now as a film editor, and um, when I, like I said, when I reached out to him, he was not that psyched to hear from me. He remembered me, but he also knew, I think, right away why I was calling. The fact is that Dave is the only surviving witness to, that, to, to what happened there. He's the only one that can tell us. All my efforts to reach out to the Highland Park Police Department and get the, a look at the police report so that we might be able to see photographs of the graffiti under the bridge. You know, I don't really want to see the murder scene but I would like to know how they decided on what happened and why Dave Rock was exonerated so quickly. The reality is only Dave Rock can tell us. That's why we reached out to him, and of all the experience we've had yet so far, I would say, would you agree with me that like, interviewing Dave Rock was the most intense so far? Yes, for sure, by a lot. Ditto. So when I headed over here, I knew that the call was going to be heavy because Dave had been hesitant to speak to us. Obviously, it was something traumatic, but I had no idea to what magnitude, so I was a little blind going into the call. I was honestly excited to hear the story because everyone else we've talked to was all like not first-hand accounts. We're just missing that one piece of what actually happened. Also a little scared and nervous because like I didn't know what he was going to say. I don't think I was nervous, but boy should I have been. <laughs> like I said, I thought it was going to be something heavy but I wasn't expecting that. He's definitely sketchy. If we can get him talking about his childhood, I think that will open up the door. Okay, like, because if you talk to them about the best times, mm -hmm. they their their guard comes down. Okay. Oh man. Hello. Hello. Hi. All right. What do you guys want to know? All right. So we're really more trying to get like a 
a little bit of a background sense of what it was like growing up in Highland Park for you? First of all, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. We really appreciate it. All right, well, I, I'll charge you guys $150 an hour. Hey, we, 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 we got the money. We it's can, in the budget, dude. It's in the budget. All right, uh, yeah, Highland Park, man. I don't know if anybody understands what it was like back then, but it was pretty wild. So, uh, could you tell us what a flop head is? <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a long time. <laughs> it started as a derogatory slur that the, the jocks and the preps and all those guys would use. But we co-opted it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like being called a fag or something back in the day, and then you just, like, own it. You turn it around on them. It's like, yeah, we are flopheads. And then it went from an insult to, like, pride in it. I remember being followed home from school by these jocks ready to kick my ass, and the reason was they were making fun of my red Converse high tops. Um, really? Which, right? Like, that's, like, yeah. the most basic thing in the world. <laughs> but just to give you an example of how, at that time, like, that was the craziest shit, and they wouldn't leave me alone about it. It was not a comfortable place to but you sort of double down on it anyway. You're like, all right, well, if you're gonna treat me like this for how I look, then it makes me even more wanna like not have anything to do with you guys. And then you just got more extreme and just pushed everybody away. So we were not really well accepted, or, you know, or at least I wasn't. Have you ever heard of the term no man's land? <laughs> of course, man. You gotta understand, I mean, my dad was a scientist, right? So like, from an early age, it was just imbued in me that everything needs to be empirically based, fact-driven stuff. So so I always scoffed at those stories or whatever. They just seemed like legends, you know? I didn't take it seriously at first. So uh, could you tell us who Leo was? Uh, you know, if you picture a kind of scary looking dude, big guy, leather, long hair, bad skin, you know, intense guy, but then like, then a total sweetheart, you know? But, uh, well, I mean, it's just a shame, you know? What about Nancy? Nancy? Well, that's what started the whole thing, man. Nancy was super cute, and I was, you know, I was super into her. She had, like, strawberry blonde hair. You know, she was Irish. I only had eyes for Nancy. Is it true that you guys had a weird experience with the Ouija board? Yeah, I was hoping we wouldn't have to go there. Just tell us anything you can remember. I mean, you don't have to go into crazy detail, just about what you... I mean, what I remember, do you think you ever forget a thing like that, man? I mean, no, 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 I'm just meaning in terms of like your comfortability in talking about it. I mean, I have zero comfort talking about it. You ever have something happen to you that's so fucked up that you don't even understand if it's real, like if or if it's a dream? Absolutely. Yes. It's all in like super saturated color. <laughs> Yeah, 9-11 was like that for me, man, because I was like 10 blocks away when the, when the towers came down. 
And as it was happening, just, no kidding. Yeah, re- reality was like melting around me. Well, then you get it, man. Yeah, it's just, There are things that we just don't have the capacity to process. It's just, it's just too outside what we're made to handle, man. And we just something, something snaps. And we just there's some things that you're not meant to see. Well, let's just, let's just start with the Ouija board. It was Leo who brought the Ouija board, right? Yeah, because he was into all that occult stuff. I mean, I thought it was stupid, to be honest. And I was all, don't you see, like, you know, whether you're conscious of it or not, you're manipulating this thing, you know? That's what I thought at first. But right, and then it's like, you seem vindicated, right? Because it's like... They'd ask it some question, and then, like, it would just give a completely random, nonsensical response. And you're like, yeah, see, man, it's it's just gibberish, you know? Okay, so then what do you do when that same gibberish happens seven times in a row? Yeah, we had Pete come with his notebook, and he, he, uh, he wrote down what it said every single time. So we're trying to... It, we can't we can't tell if it means anything or not, but it, it's just the same. Don't say it. Don't even try and pronounce that, man. No, I didn't. No, I've made I've made I, I've told all. Look, the you got you know what? You should probably just why don't you just burn that shit? No, well, we, I don't think I think that the good thing is it's unpronounceable. Yes. Secondly, I've already made them promise not to like mess around with it. I kept the book. I'm, I'm going to give it back. To I food. don't know. Do you? I wonder if you guys really even know what you're doing. I mean, you know, listen, man, I, I, I'm definitely not interested in getting anybody hurt. But I do think that this that the story is a valid one. And I think that, you know, the fact that. You can barely find what happened. I don't. I don't know what you hope to gain, man. You're just like you're yeah. just digging up. No, I don't agree because you know, as a documentarian, I've experienced this in several different projects where you're talking about stuff that's very painful and very challenging and and, and hurtful sometimes. But going through it and having an honest accounting of what happened, because um, there's a lot of people from my generation, dude, who don't even know this story because they didn't put it in the papers, and you. You know, you disappeared, and I, at least my experience, and you can call Neva and Pete and them after this, that it's been a really positive conversation. Maybe you're right. I don't know. So just, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Follow up, guys. Maybe you're right. Maybe we don't know what we're getting ourselves into, but why don't you help us to determine what that is? <laughs> All right. What do you want to know? What exactly you- do you think was happening like with the weird letters not much to be honest i mean i thought it was weird when everybody was freaking out i got that they were getting this this same thing over and over again but still you know i just assumed that whoever was doing it had more agency than they realized in terms of manifesting this you know uh, this sequence of, of letters or symbols or whatever it was because everything else is mystical woo-woo stuff that I wasn't into at the time. I mean, I guess I've since changed my tune. A thing like that changes your tune. But at the time, I didn't give it that much credence. So then everybody goes their separate ways. People are saying, like, 
you know, Leo is acting all weird. Can you tell us how he was acting weird? What his behavior <clears throat> was? I didn't really see him in between. I just heard about it. But like I said, he was a sweet guy. So when when there's an, a nice guy and he's acting not so nice, it you know, people start talking about it. And then there, you know, and then there was the thing, obviously, with his fingers, so... His fingers were like all twisted. And then it, if that wasn't bad enough, it's like, oh, he did that right in front of me. Like somebody said, like with a smile on his face. It's like, what? So um, <clears throat> did you get invited by Leo to go to the Route 1 bridge? Yeah, well, I mean, I would have I gone wherever, you know? I mean, if I heard she was going to be somewhere, then, <laughs> you know. You mean Nancy? Yeah, I mean Nancy. They were going back, they were all into it. So I was just a puppy dog, man. I mean, I was just following along. I don't know if we hooked up before and went down together, or if we all, yeah, I mean, I must've must've gone with someone. I don't, I must've gone with someone, but I don't know. We heard in one of our previous interviews uh, with a guy named Jeff Mashey, um, who is a Piscataway flop head, if you remember him. He said that he was going down there too, and then he sort of pulled out because he got a weird vibe, and that he bumped into you uh, going down there solo, and that he thought that Nancy, Dawn, and Leo were all already under there. Is that Does that jive with your memory at all? Like I said, I don't remember going down there alone, but I mean, I guess it's possible if I thought that Nancy was going to be there, but I don't know how I got there. You know, it was a long time ago, and by the time everything was said and done the whole thing was like a nightmare so you know excuse me if i don't have all the you know no worries dude no worries uh when you got there could you tell us what happened or whatever you feel comfortable with talking about so get down there leo is like you know spray painting you know, tagging whatever under the bridge. But I mean, not that that would have ordinarily been so weird, but it was like, it was all this like, you know, symbols and, you know, there was something about it that just, I don't know how to just describe it. It's say there was just, there was something dark about it and they were acting really strange. But the big thing is that, Nancy was was acting strange for her, right? Because, I, I mean, I knew when you're into somebody like that, when you're young, it's like you know everything about them, you know? So, like, for one thing, like, she didn't use cuss words, you know, normally, right? You know, I think they were Catholic or whatever, and she had a, a certain upbringing that, uh, you know, I mean, even though she was hanging out with us, like, you, you couldn't take that away. So she had a certain decorum and, and, and grace to her normally, you know, but not that day, you know, she was cursing and using a lot of foul language, but then she was super, like super sexual, right? You know, like in your fantasies stuff, only that wasn't, that wasn't like her, which is kind of what I liked about her in a weird way, but... Was but, everyone else but, acting but, strange but, too, or was it just but, her? Who's that? You there? 
next. Yeah. 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 What the hell was that, man? Uh, I have no That's idea. I'm sorry, Mark asked if everybody else was acting strange too. Yeah, they, you know, yeah. Giggling and, you know, and like hurting themselves. Hurting themselves? Look, everybody was kind of crazy back then, right? So sometimes it's hard to separate what's like regular crazy and what's fucked up crazy. I, you know, I mean, these are not, you know, all people with their heads screwed on straight to begin with, right? So like, you have to understand it wasn't like one moment and you're like, oh, you know, something's up because it's, there, there's gradations of behavior and people, you know, were weird and did weird shit. So you, it took you a minute to, I mean, not, Na not Nancy, because she was a pretty normal girl, you know what I mean? So it was right away, it was evident that something was going on with her. But Leo, you know, like I said, I didn't know him that well. And he was kind of a weird dude to begin with. So, but, you know, metalhead and headbanger, you know, you know, but then he's literally, you know, like smashing his head, you know, up against the, the wall. And then they're like both doing, you know, and then his fingers, you know, I finally saw them. Yeah, they were twisted, but they were like, they were like longer than they were supposed to be. To what level do you think that the, the, the surrealness of what was going on affected your perception of what was going on? I mean, I don't know. I so just wanted Nancy to be into me and she finally seemed like she was. So like, I think I probably was off my game, you know what I mean? And probably would have been out of there sooner or, or noticed more stuff sooner. Yeah, but I was totally preoccupied, you know? I mean, she was like, you know, kissing me and rubbing up against me really hard and like, you know, saying all kinds of, you know, it, you know, it was like, I was pretty, I was pretty preoccupied, but I was peripherally aware of some really fucked up shit. And I don't remember if I, if we were drinking or not, it, but that probably didn't help. After you realized that they were all acting strangely, what happened? Uh... You know, I think they started uh, saying, you know, saying the, saying the name. The name? Trying to say the name. From the night with the Ouija board? Yeah. Trying to, like, chant it, you know. All three of them? Yeah. What was your reaction to that? <sighs> I mean, stunned, confused. Uh, I don't know. I certainly wasn't interested in participating in that but nor did i understand the implications of it at the time uh what are the implications or what were the implications the implications are that people will fucking die man what happened i, I will try to tell you but i ran so i just ran man Uh, 
uh, they started, first they were like running from a distance, running at, at the wall as fast as they, as fast and hard as they could. I mean, and then, and then Nancy, uh, Nancy, you know, she had like a piece of metal or glass or she just looks right at me and she's, she just looks right at me with a pretty smile on her face and just fucking slit her own throat right in front of me, laughing. And she said something, she started like slicing her whole fucking, she like slicing her, her own, her own face off and like saying like, oh, you think I'm pretty here? Like here, ha like, you know, here, have my, I don't know. Was she, like, the first one, or, like, after that, did you just run? It was all fucking chaos, man. Leo was doing so, you know, there's, like, unspeak, you know, just flashes. It's just flashes. It's a lot of, a lot of blood and, like, laughing, you know. Those two things aren't supposed to go together. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so how, how did you get out of there? I fucking ran, man. Did you, where, did you run to anywhere? Did you run to the cops? Did you run home? I don't, I don't know what I don't know what I did. I I don't think I did anything until they came looking for me. I mean, I didn't go to them. They found me. Mm -hmm. Do you remember where they found you? I think I was. I don't know. I think I was at Dunkin' Donuts. It's like my mom had to come. Did you tell your parents? Not at first, until the cops told them they had to come down to the station. Officer English, you know, interrogating me, whatever. But, like, I mean, I didn't do anything. Yeah. That's a, did they think you were responsible? No, they thought it was... Uh, look, they already had... It, it fulfilled... Every preconception they had, Leo, Metalhead, oh yeah, these metal, they, you know, they thought it was a suicide pact. Do you think it was a suicide pact? Or do you think it, do you think something? No, I mean, not, a, not, yeah, I mean, they did it, you know, I mean, suicide in the sense of self-inflicted, but not in the sense of having uh, a conscious, you know, they were overtaken, man. Mm -hmm. They, I mean... Nancy, what what are you? I mean, she had a. What did she? What did she? I mean, none of those guys. We were kids. Did you go to the funerals afterwards? No, I left. Left town, left the state? Yeah. And then guess what? Guess where I live now? California. Yeah, and you know what my town is called? What? what? Highland Park. Really? Get out of here. Some things you can't That's ever crazy. run far enough away, man. That is crazy, dude. 
this is a silly question, but like, how how did you sort of like go back, start normal life again after something like that happens? Well, if you talk to those guys, they'll tell you I didn't really talk to anybody anymore after that. So everybody, all my associations with everybody were tainted from then on, and I lost touch with a lot of people that used to be close to me, but I, I just had to, uh, I just had to cut ties. So um, just try not to, once they cleared me of any wrongdoing, I just, and my parents too, you know, I was still a minor, so so they were glad to, you know, re reinforce the, the, the isolation. So, uh what have you done to uh like cope and deal with the trauma of what happened <laughs> a lot of the stuff that i work on creatively ends up pretty dark and so it's a way to exercise some demons i suppose you know it's the cliche you just shove it down deep inside and you know try and pretend that it was a bad dream but thanks to this lovely conversation, I now have to relive it all, so. How, now, how, how do you feel in this moment now that you did just talk about that for the first time? Uh, I don't know, exhausted. Just tired, man. Maybe, it, maybe it's some kind of relief. Let me, so let me get this, I, I just have one last question, which is when we talked to Pete, the, the understanding of that kind of weird gibberish was a name because it started in response to your typical uh, Ouija board conversation, that meaning uh, who are you? If Is somebody here? Yes. Who, who is it? And it, that's uh, it. So what I mean is I don't, st I don't see a name necessarily there, though I see a, a, what, you know, a sound or a word or what have you. What about it when they were chanting made you think it was a name? Because I think they were like, you know, trying to summon something or someone. Why? Why would you think that? Not to push too hard. Uh, I. That was just, that was just a vibe you got. Yeah, I don't know. It just somehow was clear to me that that's what was happening. But I don't know how I how I would explain that to you. But that was very much how I would characterize it. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have anything else? Look, I really want... Look, I know it may sound stupid to you, but I, I, you should be careful with that, man. Yeah. No, we will. I, I, I Look, I told you in the beginning, I'm somebody who believes strongly in empirical, evidence-based thinking and I got to tell you that this is one area where you should just, you just, you know what I mean? Just, just stay away from it. And we're definitely giving, given the, the book is back with Pete. We're not going to, nobody's going to be, you know, out here attempting to try. I to just don't want the outcome of all this to somehow renew some, you know, interest in this that, that, you know, where anybody else gets hurt, that's all. So Understood. Understood. it's your it's your responsibility now. Understood. We got it. We'll, and we'll definitely take that into account, dude. All right. We'll definitely take that into account. Memory lane, right? Yep.
It's a good. It's a good place to go, man. I don't know about that. Okay. All right, man. Thank you so All much. Right, really dude. appreciate it. All right. Take it See. easy. Bye. Before this battery runs out, what was that your was take? Crazy. I expected it to get heavy, but wow. Tell me what was your experience like there? So I think it can be summed up in one word, and that word is shook. Um, For real. It just felt so surreal. Somehow I felt like we were in an episode of Supernatural or The Twilight Zone or something, because that kind of stuff just doesn't happen in real life. And to hear about it happening to someone in real life was just an experience that took a lot of processing to understand that it actually happened, and we were talking to the person it happened to. And not only that, but it happened in our town, in a place that I played at when I was a kid. Like, I was, like, curling up in my chair when he was like, like I was like, what the... I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm not about to put a, bring a Ouija board out to no man's land. I want nothing to do with that. I also don't want, you know, on the off chance that the story is true and that something bad happens when you uh, verbalize this unpronounceable name, I, I don't want everybody, you know, giving it a crack. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because also, Step like, right you know, up, try to pronounce. There's also the other fear is that, that the power of suggestion is very real, right? I remember the first time I saw The Exorcist as an adult, trying to think about what it would be like to be possessed and have some you know, other entity in your head. And then I felt like there was a voice speaking to me in my head saying, I, I'm that. And then I'm like, no, dude, you're just fucking with yourself. Stop it. And then I couldn't, I couldn't shake the fear for a while. And so Neva and Dave and them were pretty adamant that they felt like Leo's personality completely changed and that he was possessed. Digging deeper into the story hasn't totally clarified that, but, you know, that does scare me. The idea of possession scares the crap out of me. On the next episode of No Man's Land. Nobody brought a Ouija board, right? Heck no. Okay. Because I'm not going in there with you if you did. This is where all the blood was. This is where all the, the weird graffiti was. Look for any kind of symbol that doesn't look like it. You recognize it, okay? Especially if it's old. Wait, look at this one. Look at this one. I'm not saying it. You can okay, say I'm it. not saying anything. Me neither. Don't say it. Thinking about it. Right, don't even think about it, okay? Put it out of your head. Don't be whispering that. Don't ask anybody else to say it either. No Man's Land is recorded at Highland Park High School by Will Schwartz and produced by Will Schwartz, Mark Ramreka, and John Hume. Sound design and mix by Carmen Borgia. Original score by Kevin Wiggins. Our theme song is Inventions by Maserati. Special thanks to Dave Rock and most importantly to the friends and families of those who lost their lives under the Route 1 Bridge. Tomorrow.